This podcast is produced by Unedited. One in four pregnancies end in miscarriage, and, and it's not something that you really hear very many women speak about. It would be fake for me not to talk about something that was so huge going on in my life. One of my failings is that I've lacked confidence over the years. I mean, even now. Overcoming challenges really is a state of mind. Hey, it's your girl, Anika. Welcome to another episode of the Black Magic Podcast. And we're here again celebrating those accomplishments, those achievements, the successes, the ups, the downs, the lives of British black women. So later in the episode, you're going to be hearing from Labour MP for Brent, Dawn Butler. But now I'm joined by Brenda Gabriel, a publicist for Influencers and Game Changers, and Davina Hamilton, an author and journalist. Let's start by letting listeners know kind of who you are and what it is you do. So, Brenda, let's start with you. I'm Brenda Gabriel and I'm a publicist and I like to work with influencers, particularly entrepreneurs who are looking to make waves in the world, basically. Let's let's find out a bit more about you, Davina. Okay, I'm Davina Hamilton. I'm a long-term journalist, a new author. I recently published my debut children's book, Riley Can Be Anything, so I'm now juggling... The world of authordom and journalism, and it's been quite a ride. I mean, you're a journalist, God. For how long? How long were you? At, you were at the Voice newspaper. Yes. For how long were you there? For a whopping fourteen years. Can you imagine fourteen I years. Know. Nobody stays. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. I guess in kind of our age range, right? no millennial kind of stays in a job for fourteen years exactly. these days. Yeah. So like, I literally grew up with the paper. Yeah. Yeah. You, I kind of entered adulthood with the paper. So yeah, it's like it kind of felt like family. So yeah, I left family when I left. Yeah, it's like you're part of the furniture yeah, definitely you after that long yeah <laughs> and so then what made you decide to become an author I'd actually written the book while I was still at The Voice it was just something that I'd wanted to do for a long time I think so many journalists I've spoken to they've all got this passion to write a book so I was one of those but I wasn't sure what type of book that I wanted to write but then I think after having children it kind of became an obvious direction to create something that kind of could be part of their reading collection and so I just decided to, to take that route and it's it's been doing well so far so good nice and Brenda how did you start your business oh well I started off at the Crown Prosecution Service um, and I was there for 11 years so not quite as long as 14 years (laughs) um, there for 11 years but um, the story behind that is basically one day I got run off my bike while I was cycling to run off your bike yes while I was cycling to boot camp were you injured I was I was um, not badly but enough to go off to hospital and back pain etc But yes, I was run off my bike and I remember being in the hospital thinking, wow, you know, if I'd have died today, would would I have been happy with what I'd achieved? And the answer was Mm -hmm. no. So I need to I need to change direction. And then a few months later, I found out I was pregnant. And I then a few months after that, the opportunity came up to take redundancy. So I jumped at the chance and everyone's like, you're mad. What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I think I could do hair extensions. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> hair extensions. to hair extensions. But I loved hair. I loved hair. So I was like, I think I could do that. Um, and then jumped jump ship with half an idea about what I was going to do. And um, actually, by some sort of miracle, I went on a property course and the and I thought I'll be a property mogul. Um, and then after <laughs> after going on that training course, I realised that the bit I was most passionate about was the marketing and the actual, you know, communicating with people and yeah. helping 
to convince people to buy things. And I was like, wow, I could do this. And then I got my first big break with um, a PR agency, um, quite well known one in London. And I was doing the marketing and social media for them. But as I was doing that, I was learning how to do PR. And I was like, oh, I quite like this. And um, so for the next few years, I continued doing social media and marketing. Getting doing the odd bits of PR for myself and friends, and I just decided to take the leap and like, right, I'm going to fully do PR now, and so yeah. here I am. You had all these different ideas, but I guess being made redundant gave you that time to kind of really think about what it is you wanted to do and what your next move um, was going to be, and and here you are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you love about what you do? I love allowing people who don't think that they could get coverage or don't think that their story is important in any way to to actually get coverage and to actually be able to share their story. I think that's the most amazing amazing thing and that's the thing that I get the most joy about so whenever I get a new piece of coverage and someone's like oh I can't believe I'm in X um, I can't believe I've been on TV you know mm. that I, that's just an amazing amazing feeling and I do believe that everyone bit like um, bit like with writing an author everyone has a story yeah. and everyone should have the opportunity to share that especially if they're using it to make a positive change in the world nice what about you Davina what do you love about what you do I um there's just so much about it I can kind of relate to to Brenda in the sense that being able to kind of get the coverage that the book has received it's um it's been really quite quite rewarding and Mm. because it's had such an impact I know for children throughout the world which obviously you know that's the target market and I think sometimes it's been because I've kind of been a a one-man band that's not actually true it's my husband and I so we're a two-man band um, (laughs) kind of doing that this is a a self-published outfit it's um you kind of get so caught up in the doing everything the kind of you know the marketing aspects the PR aspects Mm. and, and and you know which journalism has been very very helpful for but then you almost kind of forget what the purpose of the book was so every now and again when you actually read a review because there's so many like reviews out there that I haven't even been aware that there were and just kind of getting the feedback and seeing that this is this book is impacting lots of children from all over the world it's it's really rewarding and it's nice to kind of stop and take stock of what's happening in terms of you know beyond what I'm trying to do from a behind the scenes perspective just seeing exactly the impact the book is having it's really really rewarding from you know giving it to my kids to see it for the first time to where it's gone to now it's just yeah it's really it's really exciting why did you choose to um do a children's book i think just i know it's such a cliche thing to say but i do think motherhood was kind of the the spearhead for it because Mm. i did i did always know that i wanted to write a book but i just felt that it was something that was um it it could be powerful for them and then beyond that i thought well you know if i'm writing for them it's going to be for for all children worldwide yeah. and um, I think I have a daughter and a son and um, people keep asking me why I chose a boy character and essentially I just kind of feel that um, my lead character is a little black boy mm. and I just kind of felt that that was something that was lacking you know kind of the sense a character that was kind of meant to empower them and Mm. I just felt that it was really necessary not that you know I mean girls need empowerment just as much but I think because of the um the bashing that our young men have had you know throughout the media for for donkey's years I just kind of felt for me that was a really important starting point and um as I say it's been impactful for young boys and girls as well so yeah I'm really I'm really proud of what it's achieved and what it continues to achieve nice so you're a mom with two kids how old are they um five and three okay so yeah so and Brenda you're a fellow mother as well how old are your children yes I am the eldest is 19 and the two younger ones are four and two and a half it's a big gap (laughs) yes (laughs) yes I didn't think 
think I was going back again a second time, but um, I did. So, Your brain. <laughs> so I'm told. <laughs> How do you find the kind of the age gap between the kids and like, being a mother with, you know, how's, how's the 19-year-old with the young young kids? Oh, he, he is brilliant with them. I mean, there's so much that changes in terms of what you're told to do and how you're supposed to behave with them. And also, I think as you get older, you become a lot a lot more relaxed I think mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more relaxed a parent so um, poor old Casey got a lot more strict parenting than the two younger two have <laughs> and I think also because um, I was at a different stage of life also so you know running my own business and stuff means that I've, I've got an awful lot going on any time and usually at least one of them is at home with me um, at some point during the week so there's quite a lot to try and get through with them there how do you tr- how do you juggle it all kind of them being at home and you running your own business well the eldest one goes to school every day so it's just sort of evenings i have him and the youngest one we have two days childcare with her um but when she is at home i try to fit in time to spend with her um unfortunately tv does become my friend sometimes <laughs> and um, i'm embarrassed to say um but in but in essence, she kind of does her own thing in the background while I while I try and do my thing. Um, luckily, because of what I do, I do tend to... If it's calls, then I'll have to get the other half to, you know, hold on to her so that I can go and make calls. Um, but anything else I can tend to do around her, so it's it's not been too bad. Challenging, but not too bad. Yeah, ditto to that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is the biggest challenge kind of you, you um, kind of just face generally day to day? Uh, well, thankfully, my challenges have become easier now because my daughter started school in September and my son also started full time nursery. So at least there's kind of that window of opportunity to get more done. But I mean, you know, before that and even still now, because they're still so young, they have, um, you know, they're quite demanding. Thankfully, that becomes less and less, obviously, as they as they get older. But um, yeah, I mean, trying to get things done around them it's kind of you know again television becomes your friend as well and they um <laughs> on the ipad and you yes. know, thanks, <laughs> thankfully they're quite self-sufficient and it's great that they have each other and they're so close mm. in age as well so thankfully that's getting easier but it can definitely be a challenge especially when i was first starting to get the book off the ground kind of trying to to work from home and get all of that done and look after their needs day to day as well it was mm. it, you know it was a bit of a challenge but yeah here we are mm. i guess the lucky thing is you've got your husband to kind of help with the business yes things to say if things kind of go wrong in your life Brenda how do you cope kind of with the business and things and has the has the been at any time in your life where things have happened you've like oh business has stopped or have had to kind of consider things that you're doing because of personal things that have happened yes yes well it it does happen occasionally I mean if um there are some times that I'll have to do things with family I'll have to take care of my mum in some way shape or form sort something out with her or with my dad um so I've had to take time out of work um so it's quite important to make sure that you've got some sort of skeleton in place and like I said I do feel because of what I do I'm quite lucky and I can always make up time with things like emails I have had help before in the past by way of a virtual assistant um which has really helped things um you know I have to lean on my partner to a degree to to help get things done and sometimes Mm. my eldest son now he's left school and he does work but when he's around, I'll get him to, to step in and help out. I think the, the biggest thing I've learned is that you can't take yourself too seriously. You can't take life too seriously when it comes to these things. There are some days I can get loads done and the children are amazing. And there are other days where um, one child or the other will, will desperately need me and will be quite clingy and I can't get anything done. Okay. <laughs> like, literally, it's like, <laughs> I can't do anything, um, which, can, which can get quite stressful. But luckily, I'm, I tend to pick my clients quite um 
yeah, I'm quite selective about who I pick to work with as clients. And I tend to find that if anything has come up, yeah. they tend to be quite understanding with um, rejigging things as long as I make back up the time for whatever it is I need to do for them. So, yeah, it's 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 been OK. So um, it's amazing to have kind of clients like that, that, you know, um, do believe in you. And regardless of kind of what's happening in your life, that will kind of like, like a step back if you need it. Um, yes, I did. I did. I, yes, I have been very, very lucky in that respect. But I think it's it's that's why I think it's so important to be, you know, to be quite picky about who it is you work with, especially when it's on a one to one basis, um, because most of the people I do tend to work with are parents themselves. So they understand being um, kind of like a journalist and kind of moving into. Um, do, you, do you think it was kind of a natural move to you to become an author? I do, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely had its. It's challenges, but I, I've said from the very start that as I've learnt, as you know, as we've learnt as the journey's gone along, I've realised how beneficial the journalism career was. Just, just by the very fact that obviously as a journalist you deal with so many PR agencies, you kind of get a very basic understanding of of, of how things work. You know, being mm. able to contact different people in order to you know reach out and get um you know various forms of publicity plus obviously the you know the contacts that I made along the way has definitely made the journey a lot easier and um yeah I think that I kind of think that the two go go hand in hand I mean that's not to say that PR is obviously an easy thing to do it's not you know obviously it's not that's not my first um you know it's not my forte by any means but mm. I think having that experience and at least having an understanding of how it works because obviously journalism and PR have gone hand you know just go hand in hand so having that that understanding from an insider perspective but from the other side I think it gave me enough of a basis to work from and that combined with contacts has proved really invaluable to the journey so yeah I'm I'm really thrilled and how are you finding it working with your husband it's okay it's good yeah I can't (laughs) complain I mean it's not we're not in each other's pockets you know he's doing his thing I'm doing mine but literally I always say I kind of did the creative side and then Mm. he did um, very much the the production side you know the the very specifics in terms of creating and making into a product that's available you know both physically and, and digitally as well you know that he took care of all of that so you know nice. definitely hats off to him and um yeah and then so he essentially kind of put it all together and i so i wrote the book we got the illustrator he mm. took over from the production side and then once it was ready i kind of was able to step back in now with the the pr side of things as well and again as i say the journalism was wonderful because with there were some people that i would reach out to um for publicity and they were like oh could you write the article for us so i makes it Yes, yes. Like, well, I did that as a journalist all the yeah. time. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, you can write. Oh, yeah, you can do it then. So <laughs> obviously it was, you know, it was a lot easier to kind of um, to, to place, you know, get placement for the book because I was able to write certain things for myself and, um, you know, just, just promote it in that way. And, you know, working with various publications, it's again, as I say, it's a matter of contacts and experience, which is, um, you know, I'm, I'm just really grateful, really grateful for everything that I've been able to to develop over the years through my journalism career which has now gone real really hand in hand with where I am today so yeah it's it's all good so you work with your husband and have you found that your partner was he supportive once you said I want to start my own business I'm not going to go back into full-time work work I want to work on my own business how did he react i think in theory most partners are very supportive to start off with (laughs) until it doesn't you know sort of take off take off immediately so i have i'd be lying if i said i didn't have challenges at the start of my business where i wasn't earning anything at Mm. some at some point Um, and then the pressure lands on your partner to financially take over everything and obviously we just had a child after leaving the cps so for the first year or so i was okay because 
you know, I, I had some money um, left over from my redundancy, but after that, things got a bit difficult. And um, and then we had another child pretty soon after the first one within two years. So things did become quite difficult then. So as, as supportive as he was emotionally, I, it was quite trying at times. Um, and yeah, I can just imagine it's quite it's quite difficult being the sole earner and knowing that everything's down to you. So we have and his job is also very um, seasonal as well because he's in sports. So he works with yeah. football. So it, uh, there's times where he isn't actually working throughout the year, obviously, when the football season comes to an end. So, mm. yes, it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, Brenda, I um, saw on Facebook that you kind of went live and kind of spoke about your um, recent miscarriage I don't know how comfortable you feel about kind of talking about that now but how, how are you feeling now um I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling okay um I we had the funeral yesterday yes. um yeah so that was that was quite emotional but um yeah I'm 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 doing okay it was a it was a good a good send-off and yeah yeah. You um, talk to me about kind of how, that experience, how it kind of how it all happened. Um, well, we were actually away, and um, I was I ended up in feeling some pain during the daytime. Not really, wasn't really too worried about it because I'd called up the hospital a couple of weeks beforehand, and they said, "Oh, we don't really think there's anything to worry about because the symptoms don't seem to be the ones we'd worry about." Mm. Um, so I left it. So yes, we went away, and um, it then woke up sorry throughout the night it started getting worse and then woke up at sort of four in the morning and then you know um everything was sort of kicking off then called an ambulance and then was taken to hospital where sadly it all happened there it's so brave of you to kind of go on facebook and let reveal kind of because you never really hear many women talk about having miscarriage even though kind of it happens to a lot of women i'm not sure how many it happens to mm-hmm. but um it's one in four apparently one, in four, one in four wow so one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage and and it's not something that you really hear very many women speak about i mean obviously recently you've heard gabrielle union talk about how she's had nothing like nine miscarriages and from trying to have a baby but you know, I'm sure if it's one in four, that means a lot of my friends and a lot of people around me then have probably experienced a miscarriage. But then I guess are you, women just not talking about it. Yeah, I, you would not believe, honestly, since I went live, the number of messages I've had in my inbox. So people privately. So I had a lot of response on the actual post, but a lot of people behind the scenes who didn't say anything on the post sort of um, sending me um, Facebook messages and saying thank you so much. Even up until yesterday, I had a gentleman call me. I, I used to do British military fitness mm-hmm. and he was um, the person who took the classes there and he reached mm. out and, and said you know, that he'd, he'd suffered it with his partner as well. And it was just like, wow, I can't believe I've touched so many people just by sharing. being, on, yeah, sharing mm-hmm. and being honest about, um, you know, something that happened to me, you know, because it's quite a tough thing to talk about. But because of the experience and because I felt alone in doing it, I thought, well, I've got to talk out about this. And then the more people that came forward and said, look, this has happened to me too. And it's happened multiple times and, or it's happened to a friend and, you know, thank you so much for speaking up about it. it made me realise that it was a good thing to do that, good things to share. Did you share it because you wanted to help others, or was it just because you felt it was necessary for yourself? It was made. It was. Te- it was really to help others. I actually said on the live that I did that you can't in this age of of social media and 
putting yourself out there. You know, it's what my sister likes to term the Instagram life, you know, that Insta life, mm. where you kind of put out all the bits that you want to put out, the bits that, that are you good. Cu- so you curate the, you yeah. curate the best <laughs> bits. And, and Exact, glossy bits. Make sure your life is looking dope, buying a yeah. fabulous <laughs> kind of thing. And then really the kind of dark and scary, sad. You keep oh, Yeah, you yeah. keep that, yeah. And I just thought that that's not, that's not the PR that I do. That's not that's not the way I deal with things so it it would be fake for me not to talk about something that was so huge going on in my life and pretend that you know life was was amazing and wonderful behind the scenes so I dropped off the radar for about a month I think it was because I just couldn't face sort of connecting with the outside world and stuff Mm. um and then thought well I need to explain why I've been away (laughs) you know I can't just pop Mm. and say hey I'm back again but did you feel like you had to explain I felt it was right to explain. I didn't, obviously, there was no pressure from anybody because nobody was aware of what had happened. But I felt upon, for myself that it was, it was the right thing to do. I had an audience. I'd built up an audience. People who follow me are interested in what I'm doing. Um, and I felt it was the right thing to do to go out and share. And also because my experience wasn't entirely a positive one, I, I wanted to use my experience to, and especially my platform as a publicist. It's like, come on, you've got to use your platform to, to, make a positive change mm. otherwise what's the point really um is it a little boy a little girl um we're not actually sure but i but i gave baby a name anyway that yeah they said they weren't sure but i named baby skylar mm-hmm. well skylar mm-hmm. we're, we're all thinking of you today mm-hmm. thank you well, thank you for sharing your story because like i said miscarriages is something that kind of as a woman i think this is probably the first conversation i've ever sat down with kind of like women and just spoken about this topic mm-hmm. i've never spoken about it with friends and wow. I said, I'm sure there must be friends around me that have gone through it if it's one in four women. So I'm glad like, that you've felt brave enough to speak out and hopefully that gives um, room for other women to feel that they can do the same and not to feel... Because I think sometimes with miscarriage, you know, like obviously on the one hand, men and women kind of probably deal with it a lot differently mm-hmm. in terms of how, how they cope with after both you're kind of, you know, carry, carrying a baby and depending on you know, the time that it happens and things, I guess maybe that makes you deal with it differently. I, I, I don't know, because I've obviously never been through it, but mm-hmm. I just think um, it's very brave of you. And and just, if you need anything, like, I'm here. Just oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, so you both have done a lot with your lives um, and had lots of different experiences. If you could kind of look back and kind of tell yourself um, any sort of advice, tell your younger self, kind of what would that be? So start with you, Davina. <laughs> I think that um, one of my failings is that I've lacked confidence over the years. I mean, even now it's kind of, I think as a journalist, it's it's kind of easy to, you're putting somebody else on a platform mm. and I've always felt very, very comfortable with that. I don't, it's not, I've never really been a spotlight type of person, but yeah. I think by default, it's kind of meant that I've never really put myself in the spotlight and it's not it's, that's not something that I strive for but then as a byproduct, I feel like there's perhaps opportunities that have been there that I've thought oh no maybe not you know just you know that, that slight lack of confidence so I think mm. that maybe I would tell my younger self to kind of be a little bit more brave you know yeah. kind of take a few more chances maybe a few more risks and believe that you know it, it's possible there are people I see around me doing so many amazing things and I think well you know I, I could do these things as well but um maybe just that lack of confidence kind of set me back a little bit so that's something that I'm you know I'm striving for more and more now and um you know thankfully it's 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 happening now with with the book as well it's kind mm. of 
getting your name yeah, out there. Exactly. And I mean, as I say, it's not. I'm, I'm not kind of. Um, I'm not into the insta life. That's not really. It's really not me. But I mean, I just mean the confidence in terms of kind of going for opportunities that I perhaps wouldn't have gone for before, yeah. and um, you know, maybe stepping out of comfort zones a little bit quicker and just kind of pursuing different things. Um, yeah, I think that's what I tell myself, my younger self. Where do you think that lack of confidence came from for you? I don't know. I think really, I don't know. It's, it's a strange thing. I mean, I think, and I, I mean, I worked in entertainment, which is a strange yeah. thing. Like, you know, as an entertainment editor, it's, but again, it's like you're putting, it's the idea is that you're showcasing somebody else's life. Mm. And I, I love doing that. I still thoroughly enjoy doing that, you know, put, you know, kind of giving somebody else their shine. That's, you know, the brilliant thing. As a journalist, you bring so many stories to life. So yeah. I think because I just became so used to putting somebody else in the spotlight, it's like when the you know when it was turned back to me. A lot of friends have said to me actually that you're very um you tend to deflect quite a lot. You know, it's quite easy to you know someone will say, oh, how was your weekend? And I say, it was great. How was yours? Like, you know, okay. it's just it's yeah. kind of it tends to be easier to just put the spotlight back on on somebody else, which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, I don't I'm not a hog the limelight type of person, but um, I, yeah, I guess maybe it's just kind of being you know having a job where it was your job to put other people in the spotlight it kind of mm. just meant that maybe you you kind of would fade into the background which is in many ways how I like it but I guess that you know in answer to the question maybe that's where it came from it wasn't my job to be in the spotlight so therefore it's kind of you know you'd fade away a little bit and and then maybe as a byproduct you'd think oh well you know maybe I should stay here maybe I shouldn't necessarily put myself forward for this mm. or that or the other but you know I'm getting there because <laughs> <laughs> now you have the generation when you think about journalists and bloggers today you know they're on social media mm. and they are you know linking to their articles putting themselves out there so mm. they're so they're seen as a personality to themselves and that's how they get and secure more opportunities yeah, and things so do you feel because you haven't done that that you've missed out or maybe getting lost because uh, with pe- new people that are coming through that's the thing so. I mean I mean the answer is quite possibly but again I think that I think when I'm honest with myself I don't think that's what I want so I don't okay. really feel like I've missed out I'm just not I'm really that's just not my way of doing things I I, I am really an old school journalist really <laughs> old school like I'm just not kind of into the it's really not about me you know the purpose of putting Mm. somebody else out there is to put somebody out there and you know of course I'm you know I'm happy to share that and say oh no I spoke to such and such a person but it's not kind of for my own credentials it's to say you know this is what I did and I mean yeah we're you know we're all a a little bit vain aren't we we all want to say oh yeah you know I met such and such or I did such and such but I think that's not really what it it's not really what it's about for me and I think Mm. I'm just I am so long in the tooth with journalism as well it's not really (laughs) people you know always thought oh gosh it must be so glamorous you must meet so many people yeah and yeah it's nice like you know it's really good (laughs) but I think once you've done it for so long it's like the novelty wears off a little bit and I'm I am really old school in the sense that I just like to write a really good piece I like to just write you know speak to somebody and then hopefully bring their story to life in the best possible way you know make Mm. it engaging and and exciting or you know you know however it's supposed to be just you know try and be true to their story or true to you know whatever story I'm telling and that's yeah that's what excites me I still enjoy that obviously my background started off as a journalist as you know and it's funny when my family still lots of friends and family in Birmingham still think you know they think oh you live this glamorous lifestyle you get to go to all these parties (laughs) meet all these amazing celebrities and things and 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 they think I'm rich 
think. And it's like, actually, do you know, being a journalist <laughs> doesn't make you rich. Yeah, no, it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> not, not unless you're kind of like, I don't know, on TV 24 7. Exactly. And, yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, as you know, people think it's, you know, this way. And I mean, it is good. You know, there's a lot of times where there, there is a very exciting side to it. But, you know, when you're on deadline and you're under pressure or it's, you know, it's just you mm. trying to turn this around quickly, it's not, you know, it doesn't feel so exciting then. So, um, yeah, you know, it's you take the rough with the smooth. But, um, yeah, it's good. Journalism, I think, will always be a passion. It's something that I still enjoy. It's something that I'm still fortunate enough to be able to do. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy, happy right now. As a journalist, what was your worst ever interview? <laughs> Hmm. See, oh no, see I'm, I can't name any names, but you know, just, <laughs> name names. No, we want to hear names, no, don't I'm we, not, Brenda? I'm not going to hear names. No, I can't. I can't <laughs> name and <laughs> shame. No, but um, I, I think. Um, I think some of the late runners, they were quite frustrating. Like, you know, when you'd be sitting around waiting for ages for something yeah. to turn up and sometimes they just wouldn't turn up. That was quite frustrating. Um, thankfully, I don't remember having anybody horrible. I haven't really had any disaster stories. You know, I've mm. had some a bit moody, but, you know, again, maybe you just caught them on a bad day. And But no, I think... I'm quite lucky. Maybe if I gave it a good, good thing, I could probably think of somebody terrible. But no, but maybe not. The fact that nothing springs to mind. I don't think there were any real disasters. You know, there were lots of memorable moments. In 14 years, not one disaster. No, 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 nothing, nothing. Nothing terrible, nothing that I can... I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of being the typical journalist and deflecting. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no comment. Maybe no, yeah, no, okay, exactly. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so Brenda, if you could go back and tell your kind of younger self something give them give yourself a piece of advice or guidance what would it be i think it would be around the very similar to what davina had said about confidence and i think i would go back and say you have to believe in yourself because if you do everyone else will follow you and i think that is the biggest thing that i've learned particularly in starting up my own business i mean if you think about it you know even jesus went out and proclaimed that he was you know the son of god and found 12 people to join him and if you can find 12 people to believe in you you know you've got it you've, you've got it good haven't you really and then you can go and do what you like and i honestly do believe that life life is a lot like that if the more you put yourself out there the more you're willing to talk about what you believe in and and stand by your beliefs and have integrity um the easier it is for other people to follow in your footsteps and if you think about and that's what particularly why i like working with influencers because if Mm. you look at anybody who is influencing anybody or a group of people it is because of this innate self-belief that they have and that makes things so much easier when it comes you know that's what gets you blagging your way through the door you know Mm -hmm. getting opportunities you thought you'd never be able to have so I definitely think that's what I would advise myself I'd be like just blag it (laughs) fake it till you make it (laughs) did you initially set out to work with influencers or how did you decide to kind of to make that kind of your core a core part of your business no I don't I don't think I think what happens probably I know it happened to me, but probably to most people who start out in business, you have an idea as to what's going to happen. So I, I was very altruistic in my motives to start out with. I want to work with startups who have no money and, um, you know, want to... They have no money and they can't pay you. Yes, yes. <laughs> We've been, there. We've been there. I learned quickly. And somebody gave me the best bit of advice ever. And they said, somebody has to serve someone at the bottom of the tree, but it doesn't have to be you. And mm-hmm. that was like a life changer, a game changer for me, because it made me realise that, you know, some, there will always be somebody to help them. But if you've moved on a bit and you want more or you want to help a different type of person then that's okay Mm. Um, I thought it was I used to think it was being quite snobbish to sort of say that you you know you didn't want to earn only a small amount of money you wanted to earn a bit more but I've got family to look after so it made sense to and obviously the more um, 
the more skilled you become, obviously, the more you can offer. So yeah. you find that your audience changes and the people you attract changes too. So no, I started off with um, startups in answer to your question. And as time moved on, I realised that they tended to be women, tended to be Generation X because I'm mm. just on the cusp of Generation X. And, um, and then as I delved some more, I realised that they were people who actually wanted to, they were already making a difference within their circle yeah. and they just wanted to go bigger with that. So as mothers, kind of, what is it most that you love about motherhood, so Brenda? Oh, wow. Um, I love the variety of motherhood. I love the I love the variety. I love the fact that each child that you have is, is different and they've got their own little personalities and they've got elements of you and elements of your partner and you can learn something from them every day. I also really love having a purpose or an added purpose because you have a purpose anyway as a person, you know, you're the belief about what it is you want to do in the world but you have that added purpose because you've got little people looking up to you who are who are looking at you for guidance yeah. and looking at you to set examples and it forces you to be a much better person than than you would be ordinarily i think that's definitely you know taught me to be a lot stronger than i thought i could be what about you Davina? agreed ditto there <laughs> <laughs> i think you said something earlier about not taking yourself too seriously and i think that you know children really help you to do that you know sometimes the, my daughter would just say let's skip and i'd just be skipping down the road and I'd think, I'm a grown woman skipping down the road but it's like you don't really care you just think you know you just kind of let the inhibitions go and you know you you enjoy life you know you're the disciplinarian when you need to be but you kind of you know, you just, you don't take things so seriously and it's, you know, everything sounds so cliche, but I, I do really think children give you a different sense of priority as well. I felt that having my children while I, you know, while I was at work I, with each maternity leave that ended and I went back to work, I kind of felt a little less motivated at work and a little bit more that my kids were my priorities. So, mm. you know, you know, I was still very, very committed in, you know, in, in what I was doing. I had to be, but I kind of felt that perhaps the seriousness with which I, you know, I took my job before it was, it, the seriousness didn't change, but I think the priorities changed. So, you know, whereas before it was, you know, if, if, it, if I had to do a late night, then I would do the late night. But, you know, afterwards it just became okay of I have to go so you know whatever's not done I'll I'll do it from home make up the time elsewhere but you know your, your priorities just change it's it's inevitable they have yeah. to so um so yeah I guess that's you know kind of the the, the working mum life but um you know it's a good one if you can find that balance it, it it's good it's yeah it can be a really happy medium love it that you're both bossing it as mothers and in business <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying. It's amazing thing. so Brenda if people kind of wanted to get, secure your services or find out more about you how can they get in touch they can either connect with me on Facebook and look for Brenda Gabriel um, and you'll find some picture that looks like me I imagine <laughs> or failing that you've got my website which is www.brendagabriel.co.uk cool. Davina same here I'm, I'm on all the social networks um, but you, the starting point would be www.davinahamilton.com all the information is there cool. amazing ladies thank you so much for being a part of the Black Magic Podcast it's been amazing having you here thank you for having thank us thank you thank you very much There aren't very many black female MPs that manage to get their voices heard. Thankfully, Labour MP for Brent, Dawn Butler, doesn't shy away from the spotlight and she isn't afraid to speak her mind on the things that really matter. Here's what she has to say about where it all began. Becoming an MP is, uh, takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication, um, especially 
when you're not well connected so you're just doing it basically from the ground up so how I became an MP was by working hard to get the votes it wasn't something that I always wanted to do I didn't always want to be an MP it wasn't my career choice it wasn't something that I said at school I wanted to do in a way being a politician found me in the type of work that I was doing the most significant thing I suppose um, has to be being the first black woman to serve in government as a minister I remember standing at the dispatch box, um, shaking, although now I watched it back, luckily you can't see that I was physically shaking. And um, I was acutely aware that just months earlier we were having a debate around slavery. And I was just thinking, all of those people that were enslaved you know, all of the people that have gone before me, all of the shoulders that I stand on, you know, I'm standing at this dispatch box in government. And it was also quite interesting because the Tories, who were obviously in opposition then, were doing all they can to try and wrong-foot me, to try and bring me down or to make me look stupid or uh, to try and highlight that I didn't know my brief. Little did they know that I knew my brief and I knew the person's next to me brief and I knew the person on the other side of me brief. That's how much that I was prepared for that moment. Overcoming challenges really is a state of mind because at every juncture, somebody's always going to try and bring you down for something. And you have to know in your own mind that you're not going to let somebody else bring you down and once you know that you can overcome the challenges and even the times when you don't feel you can overcome those challenges you should go to a quiet corner by yourself or fall apart at home but don't fall apart in public or let those people who are trying to uh, crucify you show you know don't show those people that they've got to you in any way I don't particularly see myself as a role model but I understand that I am a role model it's weird actually it was the other day listening to Oprah Winfrey and listen to her speak about the first time she saw a black actor be given an award and how it inspired her. And it made me realise that whether you like it or not, if you're a black person in public life, people will look to you and look at what you do and how you present yourself. And it's something that you need to accept and embrace and do the best that you can. Uh, it's funny, today I was walking through Parliament and I saw three people who I gave an opportunity to, to work in my office. Um, and I saw them in Parliament doing different roles. And I smiled to myself and I thought, to me, that's success. Helping other people on their journey, to me, is success. So it's really great that I was the first um, black woman to be ever become a minister in the United Kingdom. But if I was the only one, then that's not success. The so sex is making sure that the pipeline is 
full of people waiting to come and take over. And and I think we have to change our mindset in terms of some people feel threatened by that, whereas we should feel empowered by that. Join every episode of the Black Magic Podcast by subscribing on the Acast and Apple Podcast apps. We're also on Stitcher, Player.fm and all good podcast platforms. All the women featured in the series will be featured on the Colour Network website where you can see videos and images of this year's Black Magic Awards. Do spread the word and share the magic. This podcast is produced by Unedited.